0: and welcome back to Bavarian Podcast Works. Tom Adams here today. And alongside me is the one and the only they who shall not be named. I need no name from pretty much the other side of the globe here for our flagship edition of the show. We're just over 24 hours removed of Bayern laying the hammer down on Mainz, beating them 6-2, but less than that. So maybe just probably even 10 minutes after Borussia Gladbach broke our hearts. Union Berlin scored. Danilo Doki I think it was with that 97th minute winner in Berlin of a 1 minute that was added for extra time so Bayern does go back to second place in the table after provisionally being first but all things considered in after everything that's just happened a bit of a uh, emotional roller coaster for what is worth but how are you doing uh, aside from all of that stuff
1: I'm doing I'm doing really badly because not only did I watch the final 30 minutes of the Union Berlin game I also watched India lose to South Africa in the Cricket World Cup today. So yeah, um, other than Bayern, my team's um, not doing too well. So I, I guess even Bayern is not doing as well as we should be because we're not first place. But um, I don't know. I don't know. My After watching that Union get that 90 plus 5, 90 plus 6 minute win- winner, In a game where there was only supposed to be one minute of added time, I I don't know what to say. It feels like, I don't know, it feels like the Bundesliga is just doing everything it can to try and get a new winner this season.
0: And we should add, after Christopher Trimmel had been just narrowly ruled offside after scoring what would have been their second goal. So we thought VAR had saved us there from staying top of the table, but we were sadly mistaken. Obviously, as you mentioned, minute seven of what was awarded as one additional minute, but... On we press, obviously, this is an Union Berlin podcast though we do like to cover the Bundesliga as a whole, and we'll have to live with being second place for at least another week. And that's that, and there's still all to play for. And I know that a lot of neutral Bundesliga or people who are just getting turned on to the Bundesliga will like the ferocity of the title race right now. And You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, but in, I thought we'd start today by just talking about kind of Julian Nogsman and the rotations that he has to make, his utilization of some of the young, players in the squad. Because as a lot of people know, this is FC Hollywood. We always have to deal with injuries. We just picked up another one in the win over Mainz with uh, Matthias delict having to come off uh, just before the halftime interval. He was re- replaced by Benjamin Pavard. Thankfully, it doesn't appear to be anything too serious. We have Leroy Zane set for a comeback. We're not too sure when Manuel Neuer is going to make his comeback. Luca Hernandez is set for a comeback against Verde Bremen, uh, I believe on November something. It's not our next Bundesliga match against Hertha, but the one after um, and in. So I thought we'd just start off talking about Nagelsmann's rotations and how he's been utilizing them both in the Bundesliga and the Champions League. Obviously, as we all know, we've already progressed to the uh, knockout stages of the Champions League and have secured uh, the top spot in Group C, but we do have our last match against Inter Milan coming up in just a few days. So in with, with that said, do you think this is a match we're going to see a lot of rotations for? Or, you know, I, I guess a better question would be, how do you feel Nagasman's done with uh, some of the utilization of younger players like uh, Matty Tell more recently this weekend? I know we haven't seen much of Ryan Gravenberg and a lot of people have been calling for him to play more. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on the rotations that we've seen from the past couple of weeks? And then looking ahead to technically what's a dead rubber Champions League game, but obviously we still want to go out and win.
1: So the thing is that rotations. You ask one question about rotations, but it's technically two questions because rotation, you have two types of it. One is like where you swap out the senior players and bring on like junior players, give them some time to, you know, get some experience, get some match practice and just like learn how it is at Bayern Munich. And the other one is where you swap between the senior players themselves, like the guys who are already experienced, already know what they're doing and just need that time to stay fit, to stay sharp. And you know, to stay happy with their roles at the club. And I think that Nagelsmann is kind of brushing up against both of these separately because, first of all, you have the senior players themselves. Certain players seem like they only get minutes when others are injured. Like, you look at Marcel Zabitzer. Zabitzer, he started the season pretty much the undisputed starter, but mainly that was because Leon Goretzka was injured to begin with. He was playing really well to start the season, but then as the season wore on, and Goretzka came back, I think ever since what the first Barcelona game, Goretzka won back his starting spot, and there has been almost no Zabitzer, was no sign of Zabitzer since he has. Yeah, been and we should add. On. I'm yeah.
0: pretty sure that was the game where Goretzka voiced his frustration with not being in the starting lineup yeah. against Barcelona. Uh, and he it actually, was interesting because it was like. He had just been cleared after, you know, it was several weeks. Uh,
1: Basically, what Goretzka actually said was, like, he said that he always wants to play, and he's always, like, frustrated that the media keeps on trying to say that he said this and that, and things that were being said about him in the media. But the fact is that, like, since then, since those media reports and since Goretzka played, he has been pretty much in every single starting lineup, and Zapruder has dropped off the face of the earth. Same thing goes for yeah. certain other players. Like you think about Casey Coman, he has been injured and he has been getting a lot of, what should I say, red cards, red card yeah, suspensions, silly
0: suspensions, <laughs> silly
1: suspensions recently. So he may not have that many opportunities to play, but when he is fit, he is not making the starting 11 that often. Same thing goes for, I would say Serge Gnabry, who is not, to be fair, playing that well, although recently His recent games have been quite good, but he hasn't been playing recently because of the sudden injuries to Sadio Mane, sorry, not Sadio Mane, to Thomas Muller and Leroy Sané Uh, and those guys. So that's why he's been playing. Otherwise he would not be playing. So it feels like Nagelsmann, a lot of the time he only makes substitutions when he's like, he only makes these changes in the lineup when he is forced to do so and not when he is able to just because he wants to keep players on the bench fresh or whatever. And this is something we saw last season, if you recall, like a lot mm-hmm. of last season, we basically played the same starting 11. We did not play the same formation from game to game. We often changed tactics, change systems, change a lot of stuff. But we played pretty much the same 12, 13 players with a few, one or two guys rotating in and out. So this is an established pattern with Davosman that he is continuing this season. And it's more egregious this season because in my opinion, he has more depth to call upon than he did last season not guys like talisa he has guys like Zavitzer who is performing well and gravenberg and all those guys and also on top of that he has the world cup coming up so he needs to be taking care of his players a lot more than he has been in terms of just managing their minutes you have to look at our injury pattern this season a lot of these injuries are all muscular injuries and that's a sign of that's a sign of that's a sign of players being overworked and I get it a lot of this cannot be avoided this season but even so Nagelsmann could be doing better with that aspect I was just yeah.
0: gonna say do you feel like some of that is a result of him not making the right um rotations because you're you, you just spoke about this kind of reliance like just like last season yeah it's on a, a certain veteran core of players
1: yeah the thing is that a lot of it you have to feel that it's down to the fact that Nagelsmann has not been. Comfortable at buying Munich, like he is pretty much. It's always been like he's three, four bad games from being sacked, and because yeah. of that, he's always trying to prove himself. And you can't prove yourself and also rotate at the same time. You want so your there's best a bit
0: more it. pragmatism yeah. as pragmatism far there. as the yeah. experienced and uh you know veteran players that veteran he wants players. to use. But
1: then you have to think about the younger players. When we hired Julian Nagelsmann, one of his selling points was the fact that he would develop younger players for us and be able to turn them into world-beating talents. Especially at Leipzig,
0: like they're a great feeder club for that type of thing, like young talent. Yeah,
1: and he did it for us. He's the guy who developed Serge Canabry when he was on loan and Hoffenheim and Niklas Sula as well was developed under Nagelsmann. So he has that pedigree and he has the pedigree of developing fine quality players. But the thing is that this season and last season as well, he has not, he's barely used any young players. The young players he uses on a regular basis are Alfonso Davies and Jamal Musiala, where can you really call them young players because they made it? The yeah, Davies.
0: because of I how mean, they already are thrust into the scene. You, yeah, you they were already They're already
1: integrated under Flick. so it's not even a question of like, what what is he doing? And these young players, they're not cheap. Ryan Gravenberg, he was playing in the Champions League for Ajax. I think he's played he's played Champions League level games and like do you think about this he has barely played for us this season even though all of this fixture congestion and we had two games against victoria Pilsener, which were basically complete dead rubbers like we had something to play for but Pilsener was so bad that they could not even stand on one leg against us and it was yeah it's pretty much uh, yeah. was the
0: victoria clone the only match that he started in and then obviously uh, that well. one
1: uh, he started victoria clone and he started Pilsener the first Pilsener game where yeah. yeah yeah and the only reason he's i feel like he started is because that was right after the international break so a lot of our players were more tired than usual and while he was on the international break if you remember brian gravenberg he complained about his role in the setup now yes. gravenberg yep. yeah so his agent who is the successor to raiola you know R- Rafael yeah. pimenta she mm-hmm. says that she's confused as to why yeah that, yeah. This, yeah, that he's complaining. Yeah, that he's <laughs> complaining because he has so many quality players ahead of him. But realistically, I don't know if that checks out because how many quality players does Gravenberg have ahead of him? It's only Goretzka and Szobitzer. It's not as many as you think. Kimmich, he plays every game. We can't help that. But Goretzka and Szobitzer don't have to play every game, right? Like, yeah. They can be rotated out, and I don't know why Gravenberg can't come on in the last 20-30 minutes of every game like on a regular basis. That is something that's also been missing from Nagelsmann's substitutions and his overall game management. Then you have the guy who is Matthew Tell, who is, who is very much lacking minutes, in my opinion, as far as what we've seen from him as a 17-year-old. I know that people will compare him to Jamal Muziala in his first year at Bayern, but I would Counter by saying Tell was bought for, what, 35-something million? Um, So Tell is clearly in a different ballpark compared to Miziala in terms of what the expectations are for him. And he's already scored against Bundesliga-level opposition twice. And he's already started a game for us where he scored. And he pretty much every time he plays, he seems quite mature, quite competent. So it's very confusing why not only do these guys not get starts, they don't even get, like, 20, 30 minutes off the bench.
0: Yeah, and it's... I mean, even going back to what you were just saying, too, uh, like ex- how old players are versus the experience that they boast with, you know, previous clubs. You, you talk about a guy like uh, Matthias Delict, and how well has he stood firm in Luca Hernandez's injury absence? And you wonder, it's an interesting debate, if Upamakano, Delict, Delict and Hernandez are all fit. And even Pavard, we saw a little bit at center back yesterday, obviously by force since uh, Delict had to come off and Nusera Mazraoui was already out there playing right back, but which of the three of those would be the go to starting center back pairing for Nogglesman if they're both fit. On evidence you'd have to say it's Upamakano and Hernandez. But again, Delict is not very old at all. He's pretty young. But again, one of those players he was captain of Ajax, what at nineteen years old when they went very far in the Champions League. So he's another player from that list that we were kind of talking about earlier that would fall under that same category. And it seems to me with Nogglesman, you know, you mentioned the point whether it's Nagelsmann or Niko Kovac, maybe Jupp Heynckes is the only outlier in that because of the nature in which he came back uh, to coach that season where we went far in the Champions League and obviously secured the Bundesliga. He already had a long history with us, but you're always pretty much three to four or five matches away from being sacked as Bayern manager, as, as we all know, because the pressure is so high. The expectation, the levels that are expected of you from our office, from our fans, pundits alike is, is so high. Uh, so I, I feel like with Nagelsmann, there's just, uh, whether it's younger players or less experienced players, there's just a, uh, the trust level isn't there. Like on evidence, there's things that Ryan Gravenberg does really well. I personally like how he's able to, when the defenders on his back, he's able to kind of turn out of pressure, even in our own third, but you know, that's obviously a calculated risk. And we saw weeks ago, Kimmich with some risky play and losing the ball at the back and creating some dangerous situations for us earlier in the Hinrunda. So I think There's less risk putting on Mathis Tell after Chupa Moeteng has already scored, Sadio Mane has already scored, uh, and we have kind of a, a cushion. There's less risk playing him against lesser opponents in the DFB Pokal. Obviously, in the later rounds of the DFB Pokal, you're more than likely going to be facing Bundesliga opponents, so there's less wiggle room for that there. Um, as we all know, we can kind of even correlate Alexander Nubel's situation. We bought him from Schalke. There was a thing in his contract that said at least nine to ten matches. And then that was the year Holstein Kiel knocked us out of the DFB call. So there's less less room there. Uh, and he even, I think the only time he played was when we had already clinched advancement in the Champions League to the knockout stages. Uh, and gave Neuer some of the rest. I think that was during the lockdown season uh, when we smashed uh, Atletico and uh, Lazio. Or was that the knockouts? I already forget. It already feels like it was so long ago. But anywho, I, I personally think in that it's a trust thing. Mazraoui, I think he's grown in trust, uh, especially with that first performance against Barcelona when Pavard had to come off injured. I think that was a massive thing for, for Mazraoui uh, and Nagelsmann's trust in him. But there hasn't really been that moment for Gravenberg. And with a guy like Matthew Tell, I feel like it's less of a risk throwing him up top after we already have a cushion or, you know, there's it's a lower risk area of the pitch. I don't know if you agree with that or if you just think Nagelsmann as a whole should be rotating more and giving these younger player minutes and having to invest that level of trust in them.
1: Yeah, the thing is that if you look at, for example, Mats Ravi, since he seems to have got that right back position locked down, we are hearing reports that Pavard is not happy with his role in the team. So once again, Nagelsmann, like when he settles on something, he seems very stubborn to change it. And then it's creating actual real tension in the team among the players who don't think that they are getting To me. It's funny too, because
0: obviously he came on for the injured delict and played center back, which we know from his time at Stuttgart that he can do very well, but it's not his preferred position. And I remember, uh, when I was previewing the, pot, uh, previewing the Barca match, I was like, maybe uh, Nagelsmann goes with Mazzaraoui for how well Mazzaraoui did when he came on in the first game against Barcelona. And obviously that's what, that's what happened. So if, if you're Benjamin Pavard, you maybe have to look at that uh, and take that in consideration and feel that maybe he's trying to save you. Because I still think in uh, Nagelsmann's heart of hearts, Pavard would probably be the preferred starting right back over Mazzaraoui. I think Mazzaraoui has done quite well and he's shown lots of improvements much like uh, Up Upamakano, I feel like is one of Bayern's most improved players in the season, in in my own personal opinion. But, uh, you know, it's like I was kind of shocked to see those reports. It's like, you know, only a two-match sequence where we're already through in the Champions League. Like, I get always wanting to be involved, but balance that too with half the reason we have some of these muscular injuries, you know, Neuer with his shoulder, Müller with his uh, hip, I believe it was, uh, Hernandez, was it his uh, adductor? um and yeah. then Delict I think I think it was his hamstring I'm not sure if we've had reports of uh the scans that he underwent today I'm assuming since it's uh already 6 uh, pm According
1: to the reports uh Delict went underwent like a regeneration session with the rest of the starters from yesterday and it seems okay like he will probably get an MRI later today but if he hasn't had mm-hmm. one yet they probably don't think it's a big deal I think okay. what's going to happen like the thing is that if you notice recently the interesting thing with Pavard is that when Nagelsmann subs him on these days, it's as a center back. He's not being subbed on yeah. as a right back. And we had reports that one of the major points of contention in Pavard's contract is that like, he doesn't want to play right back anymore. He wants to be starting center back. And I feel like that's going to become another point of tension for Nagelsmann. He's trying to balance it. This is one of those cases where he is trying to balance out the minutes a little bit, but he he, he can't really keep these guys happy that way. He's going to give have to give these guys start in their proper positions, the senior players at least, and the junior players, they're going to need like 20, 30 minutes every game. Otherwise, they are going to get unhappy and not just unhappy, they're going to get rusty. And then it's like our investment on them is not going to pay off. And obviously, then we have the injuries to talk about. I think we should talk about that as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, Lazo, I mentioned earlier in the pod, it's very synonymous with, with Bayern Munich. It's not to say that other teams across Europe or in the Bundesliga are impervious to injuries, but it just seems that every season we sit here talking about at least you know a, a handful of our star players being out for a prolonged period. And yes, this is one of the only outlier seasons with the fact that we do have a World Cup, that, which is crazy to me that it does not feel like it's starting in a few weeks, but it is. You know, Mark your calendars. Um, And we have such a heavy uh, Dimanshoff contingent on our team. And there's so much uh, correlation and direct communications between Hansi Flick and Julian Nagelsmann and Bayern's front office. And, you know, it's a balancing act. You know, I remember asking uh, Schnitzel last week how much he genuinely feels some players might be holding back a little bit and i believe his answer was kind of more so just like in the 50-50s maybe not going as committed and i don't know if you have any opinions on that and do you think any players are actually slightly holding back a, a little bit because they don't want to miss what could be their first world cup last world cup or you know if a world cup where they're not going to be sure if they're going to go to other international tournaments with their nation but There does, to me, there seems to be a bit of a preventative maintenance aspect to some of these muscular injuries. Like if push were to come to shove, and this was the Rook Runda and Union Berlin was still where they are in the table compared to us. The same amount of points, goal difference in relative terms. Would we maybe be seeing, like we saw, remind me which game in, like it said Noir was taking painkillers the night before to get through it. I think it was Uh, Dortmund. Dortmund, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, The night before, like would we maybe be seeing more of this? if the World Cup wasn't uh, wasn't coming around.
1: Actually, the thing is, I think it's the opposite. I think a lot of the players are pushing themselves extra hard to to be involved because a lot of the players will want to be, at least in the starting 11 of Bayern Munich, so that they convince their national team managers to take them. And the other guys, the guys who are guaranteed a spot at their national team level, but they are like you think about Neuer or you think about Muller they are definitely going to the world cup and they are definitely oh, going to be in the starting 11 so for them it's more of a uh, situation where they want to be in absolute tip top perfect condition so you look at Muller for example just walking off after feeling a slight mu- muscle hardening against uh, Victoria Pilsen like he scored a goal by cruising. so he said okay I'm done that kind of thing may not happen in a normal season where you know, buying or cruising, he probably might just walk that off and then take the next game off here. He didn't do that. I think a lot of the players are being treated a lot more cautiously because of that. But on the other hand, I think the players themselves are treating things a little bit more. They're trying to force their recoveries a bit harder than mm. they normally would if it wasn't a World Cup year. Yeah. And like that doesn't the World Cup is well not gonna with uh, a yeah, because... truncated
0: schedule at all.
1: Yeah, because you think about it. Normally in the day if you get an injury, that's going to put you out for three weeks. You take the full three weeks off. Now, if you get an injury today... That's gonna put you out for three weeks. You're gonna get try and come back in two weeks because the World Cup is coming. That's yeah. one of the things like worries me, being, especially about Manuel Neuer and the reports of his recovery. Because we had a very scary report just, just what on Friday that Neuer came mm. out. He had like he did a short session outside and then he seemed to feel yeah, pain and in his something shoulder. Else. And went, yeah. Yeah, something, something else. Yeah, something else he, happened. And he felt Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann confirmed in his press conference later that. No, that was just planned outing, and it's nothing out of the ordinary. That was completely planned. But you have well, yeah, a feeling and, that and
0: too the yeah. uh, the alarm bells ring with him because as Bayern fans, we know that metatarsal injury in the past. Like he's been rushed yeah. back from, and we've yeah, we had to deal was with missing rushed back, him, back from that. Yeah, uh, so. in the later stages in that Champions League running where we lost to Real Madrid, and Sven yeah, Ulreich made that, that error. I, like know, I know everybody knows what I'm talking. He basically
1: about. missed almost two or one and a half years due to that one injury. So like um. The thing is that Neuer, the thing with him is this is his last World Cup, right? And he's Mm going to be captain. And he knows that he has a decent chance of winning it with Hansi Flick in charge and all of that stuff. But he has to be fit for it. And he knows that if he has to, and he's already 36, if he has to cut out maybe one or two years of his final years of his career in exchange for one more world cup he's going to do it maybe he wouldn't do it if he was like a 22 year old goalkeeper not guaranteed to go to the world cup and maybe if germany weren't exactly doing so well he probably would just take it a bit more easy focus on his long-term health of his career but if for example neuer plays with say for example a minor injury he plays through the world cup taking painkillers before every game he can then he might come back to ban completely wrecked and then what he, he maybe sits out the rest of the season. Well, that that could be possible. And maybe if that doesn't happen, he sit, finishes the season just fine. But then we don't have Neuer in his final years. We don't have Neuer when he's 37, 38, 39. We don't have those years of Manuel Neuer. So we have to figure out how to replace him at that point same thing even when maybe, he said he wants yeah. to
0: retire at Bayern.
1: yeah i like it's one of those things and players can be like we think of neuer as a mature player but players when it comes to injury they can be very strongly short-sighted especially when it comes to world cups you know look at how many players they play through injuries against doctor's advice just so they can play a world cup and it completely derails their career It's The calculation becomes even easier if you're not a young player. When you're an old player, at the end of your career, you won everything and you're just going for that last little bit of glory right at the end. So uh, it concerns me. Manuel Neuer especially concerns me. I think Thomas Muller, he will his situation is not that serious and he will probably be back on the pitch relatively soon. Um, I don't know when, but whether for Bayern or for Germany, he will be back on the pitch and he'll do his usual thing. Deore Sané, I imagine that he will be like he did participate in team training today and Mm -hmm. as of the time of this recording and he seems fine. I think he will play against Inter and I don't think he has any reason to be concerned about his starting position. But another player that maybe concerns me in terms of how his comeback is going is someone like Lucas Hernandez. It might be that the doctors recommend, for example, four weeks off or five weeks off. Lucas tries to come back in three. This is very common in football that they try to just force that little bit and you just re-injure or whatever you can because your body does not mesh with what If you, or FIFA says the schedule is. That that just doesn't happen. So it, I, I'm worried that this particular thing could really derail our season, this specific thing of World Cup in between the season. Do you, I mean...
0: Hopefully you would imagine, you know, there's so many, so many fans of teams when they're not doing well, or they have injuries piled up, they kind of just say they can't wait for the world cup to be over with because then you don't have this thing that's kind of looming large on the calendar where all these players are, like you said, trying to force back in trying to force themselves back from injury, maybe not being a hundred percent honest with the physios and, you know, trying to say things that are contradictory to the actual medical scans that they undergo because they want to be involved they want that momentum they don't want the national team managers to think that there's too too long of gaps without them playing where there's going to be a risk of momentum and other players might be faring faring better in that circumstance but this may sound stupid in too but it's funny like Muller a guy who jokes in who's joked in the past about not having any muscle so that's why he doesn't get muscular injuries has a, you know a hip issue and I empathize with that a lot my my left adductor has always plagued me throughout my playing career and I I like I just can never get it strong enough or loose enough. So I definitely feel that injury in <laughs> myself. Uh, maybe have a little bit more muscle. I'd like to, I'd like to think then Thomas Muller, cause I do lift weights and I, I I'd like to say have a decent frame, but uh, yeah, I know that Muller's joked about that in the past, not having enough muscle to get, not get muscular injuries. Cause throughout his career, he doesn't have many. And I was just going to say, and like, maybe like, what is it about Kimmich and like Levandowski, like maybe what they're eating for breakfast. These are two guys who like Never get injured. Lewandowski seemed to, like, rarely miss games when he was with us. He had that knee issue that was slightly slightly fortuitous with the amount of games or the length of the break during the COVID season and was able to come back for the Champions League when we won the treble. But Kimmich is a guy who seems to never get hurt, and not for nothing either, In but, like, I remember, uh, so Delict obviously, yesterday, Lira Zane, I think it was last weekend or the weekend before um, the injury just seemed to come from like slipping at the Allianz arena. It may sound like a very stupid sophomore thing to say, but maybe get Chuck on the case for Grassworks Cause it seems like a lot of the injuries are coming by virtue of like slippage, like on the pitch. Like, I don't know if we need like a new boot person or screwing in the right studs or maybe water down the pitch, like a little bit less at the Allianz arena. But it seems like, I know I'm pretty sure Delix yesterday was like non-contact after he had, uh, we had like cleared a corner. There's a lot of stuff that happened. And then when they were doing the VAR check for Mane's penalty, that's when uh, Delict had gone down. But yeah, I remember Leroy Zane uh, slipping. I think Hernandez as well was like at the other end.
1: So the thing that happened with Delict is that he just went, like he went down off the ball and it was like the physios came in and they were rubbing his thigh. So it looked like some kind of a hamstring thing, but we don't know. It, It, it was serious enough for now to sub him off immediately at halftime, but not serious enough for him to like comment on it as being something of a big deal. Yeah. Even so, like, it seems like fatigue and it's obvious why Dillick puts suffer on that. Same thing goes for like Thomas Muller. You think about, you tell me, you, you asked me the difference between Kimmich and Muller and Lewandowski. First of all, Kimmich is a lot younger. Muller, I mean, he's 33 now and mm. like, And the other thing is that Muller has had COVID again this season. He has been having COVID every single year, basically. Every year, on and on, he gets COVID. And this is just one of those things. Like, he seems to be especially susceptible to it or whatever. I don't know, because he keeps (laughs) testing positive for it. And for comparison, Robert Lewandowski has never got COVID even once. So,
0: um, Well, COVID's probably afraid of him, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: maybe. And his dessert Um, before dinner.
1: Yeah, this just proves that COVID is not a big game, so... (laughs)
0: Okay, uh, so... Yeah. <laughs> well played. Sorry, that took me a second. Yeah, um, you can
1: tell. But yeah, I was going to um, say, unless
0: you had one more thing to add to that, I, I was going to say we could look ahead to this, uh, the last group stage match in the Champions League, unless you had a thought to finish there. I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: Yeah, Um. I don't really have anything else to say. I just think that it's just weird that this particular season, like I think that previous seasons, we actually got a decent hang on our injury situation. I think Dr. Holger Broich and the new medical staff that replaced Hans Willem, Muller, Wolfard they were doing quite a good job keeping our team healthy and fit. And other than some players made of glass, like, you know, Quarantan, Tolisso, other than those guys, it seemed like we mostly had players fit and ready to play for most of the campaign. But this season, it's it, all the injuries are coming and not all of it can be blamed on rotation or just the fixture congestion, some of it it feels like just plain bad luck. So yeah.
0: And that you have to deal with sometimes, but in, you know, as I, as I just mentioned a few seconds ago, I know it it is sort of dead rubber. We're already guaranteed group winners of group C onto the next round, the knockout stages of the champions league. You obviously get a little bit of a better seating if you're a group winner, but how do you see this one going? I mean, just a quick look at Inter's form since that dramatic three, three draw with Barcelona in the champions league, that put a big dent in Barcelona's survival hopes of being able to progress which is hilarious now that they're in the Europa League again. I don't mean to bash too much on Barcelona. I know you might want to bash them, but their form pretty much all wins in uh Serie A and uh Salernitana they beat 2-0 Fiorentina 4-3, obviously beat up on Victoria Pilsen in 4-0 which sealed Barca's fate before we beat them and then a 3-0 win this weekend over Sampdoria. So in how do you how do you see this one going? I know that it's uh, doesn't mean much but nonetheless. They still have to play it.
1: Yeah, so the thing about Inter Milan is I looked at the lineup versus Sampdoria and it seemed like pretty much their best 11 aside from maybe Romelu Lukaku who is back from injury but maybe not fully match fit. So I think Inter will pretty much rotate a few of their players against us because they don't have anything to play for either at the Allianz Arena. They have what they are already second place in the group they cannot overtake us no matter what and mm-hmm. they cannot be overtaken by barcelona no matter what so and it looks like they're just outside the top four in the scudetto race so yeah i mean so they don't want to lose
0: too much ground yeah there. they don't
1: want to lose too much ground and inter compared to us inter have even less depth so inter have much more to lose if they come out uh, with a full 11 at the onion arena and try to beat us mm. but then there's also the fact that inter do have that Pride aspect that maybe we don't have that they want to beat us after we beat them at their home ground quite comprehensively. Maybe Inzaghi, he, he is kind of in the same boat as Nagelsmann in the sense that he still needs to prove himself to the Milan faithful after having to follow up from Antonio Conte. So he might see this as an opportunity to maybe catch Bayern Munich rotating and maybe get a good win under his belt. And that might even galvanize his team for the rest of the season in Serie A and the Champions League so that is a consideration but the other consideration is that Nagelsmann he said that he's not going to rotate the entire 11 but maybe three or four players now Very interesting to find out which three or four players those will be. According to reports in Germany, Didick is gonna be one of those players because you know, as we discussed, yeah, the muscle injury. So new new look defense. We don't have any defenders from the B team that seem to be ready to be called up. So I'm guessing that Benjamin Pabat is going to get his long-awaited start at center back. And that I don't know if that will that make him happy, will that make him upset? especially after the tantrum he drew in training today. So could be interesting, could be, could be one of those things. And the other fact is that certain players, in my opinion, recently have just played way too much football. Jamal Musiala. Okay. For someone so young, he's being overplayed, and I get why he started uh,
0: COVID too, right?
1: COVID, COVID, and then like a muscle issue or something. I don't know. Like he did at least have COVID. So for someone so young, you don't want to be playing him this many times, especially since you know he's almost gonna be a guaranteed starter for Hansi Flick in the World Cup. So he's gonna be playing that too. So based on that, I think I understand why Nagelsmann had to play him in these recent games with both the other two creative forces in. Thomas Muller and Leroy Sané out, if both of those guys are out, you can't take Jamal yelled out. But so now that Sané is back, I want to see Sané back in the lineup and I want to see Matthew Tell and Ryan Gravenberg play the game. Because like, if you don't play them in a game where there are absolutely no stakes except for Pride and maybe the all-time Champions League like record of how many consecutive unbeaten games you can go, other than that, like, there is absolutely no reason to not rotate these guys into the 11 and just see what they can do.
0: So with the three to four players directly from Nagelsmann's quote earlier, we obviously know delict one of them. So who are the others that you think sacrifice? Maybe
1: Choupo-Moeteng, Sadio Mane, and Kimmich or Goretzka, perhaps? Kimmich is not going to be. she's he, not going to be sitting. <laughs> Nagelsmann, Nagelsmann I, I mean, would be. <laughs> Look, just like Kimmich, our
0: very own Chuck says, he does need to like
1: rest sometimes. But like, I guess if he's the just... only time Kimmy gets rested is when he has COVID. Literally the only time. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like and that too. Even when he has COVID, he comes back in record time. Like he comes back in five days. Even you, you need two weeks to cover, recover from COVID. He's back in five days and he's back on the pitch playing forty-five minutes against Dortmund. And I'm like, excuse me. So you <laughs> can't keep Kimmy off the pitch. You just can't. So Kimmy is gonna play. The thing is that. It's a question of either Gravenberg or Sabitzer, And I have the sneaking suspicion that, like, Goretzka needs a rest, right? He has been playing a lot of games, and he's probably going to start for Germany. So he needs a rest eventually, and better to get it now. But between Gravenberg and Zabitzer, I think Gravenberg needs the minutes more. But Zabitzer might demand the minutes more from the coach's perspective, because Sabitzer is a more experienced player and one of Nagelsmann's own signings. So Nagelsmann is under pressure to show that he can use the signings that he asked for so that, that is another factor that you have to look into and the thing is that the other one sadio Mane, now has overused him this season in my opinion like sadio Mane, he, i know that he is physically an amazing player and he can do almost well, like he can go pretty much every single game and not get tired but that doesn't mean that it doesn't affect his performances look at how well he's been playing in his last two games after getting rested. for just once, for one game, he just got rested. And look yeah, at how against well... Hoffenheim? Yeah. yeah look at how well he's been doing since. And that was just mm-hmm. one game. So I think if Mane got just a little bit more regular rest, he would have a lot more success in our setup than he has so been getting. You, would you say yeah, so... it'd probably be him instead yeah, of a go or go-tank? go-tank? You, can, <laughs> you can technically sub both, nah, can't you? Because you can move Gnabry into... Right, Striker, so yeah, you can, or you, you can, can then you could,
0: uh, play both Zane and Tell if you do that,
1: yeah, because you can play Sane, Tell, and um, like Sane in the middle, Tell up top, Gnabry, and Koman on the wings because Koman is back as well, so yeah. you could do that. Uh, there is no reason that Chupamoting has to start every single game right now just because he's back, and same thing goes for Mane, and both of these guys will be at the World Cup. That's one of our biggest issues that pretty much our entire starting 11 and our substitutes will be going to the World Cup as starters. So pretty much everyone is going to be out there playing games while most other teams will have most of their starting 11s just sitting around collecting dust, just getting energy back. So this inter-game, in my opinion, should be a full rotation game, something like what uh, Hansi Flick did against Atletico Madrid those a few years back where he started Musiala and um, I don't know who would uh, bright Ari Mambi and he started Buna and all those guys, like those guys that we literally never see. He started all those guys. And the thing is in that game, despite all of that, and that was an Atletico Madrid side that eventually won La Liga that season. Flick still got the draw. So that yeah. just goes to show how Flick is. And that's probably one of the standards and knowledgeman will be held to. He should be expected to still get a win or at least a draw against Inter Milan and rotate. That is the standard at Bayern, in my opinion. And if both those things don't happen, there is a reason to be disappointed.
0: Even to all the rotations that we were just mentioning collectively, I'm even thinking in my mind, maybe even at left back, bring in uh, Josip Stanisic for Davies. Because Davies, I know he's in incredible shape, but like, Yesterday, even when the game was still close, I feel like I, I remember firing off a tweet during the live tweet of the match that he had already made like 10 to 15 recovery runs. I know that's his pretty much his signature. Um, and I thought he was very, very bright uh, yesterday, but perhaps even give him a rest. I know I'm pretty sure it was at the end of their class we used uh, Stanisic at left back after, do you remember, Fonzie got like kicked in the uh, the face by I forget who it was. Um Bellingham? You forget
1: remember. you forgot Bellingham? Yes.
0: Sorry. 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 Oh my god. I just, well, I, I know who he is. I would never forget him as a player, but yeah, I remember, and like he was on yellow, I think, when it happened, and then he got away with it. But yeah. uh, I know and I know like other than getting absolutely burned, I don't know if it was uh Malin or uh Mukuku who just like absolutely rinsed Tommy near the touchline. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, at Did you got, watch like,
1: the game, now. Tom? What the I hell? did,
0: I did, I swear, I swear. I just you know, obviously. I'm uh, keeping track of Bayern players more than Dortmund players. And that's, I mean, that was not something I had planned to talk to talking about on the pot at all. It's just trying to go uh-huh. off the off the cuff and on the fly there. Um, But yeah, so other than that, um, other than getting rinsed on the on the touchline, you know, it, it's an option. And Davies, I think, is a guy that covers a lot of uh, kilometers and pretty much, you know, sets a pace record every time. Although I don't think he has set a, a pace record.
1: Uh, he has. Uh, he, you know, he's the fastest player in the Bundesliga so far this season, but like he well, shares I, I it with. rephrase. Like, he hasn't broken his own record in a couple. Yeah, he weeks, hasn't broken is, uh, his own record. But which is I mean. Which is uh, how, how often can you break your own record? Like
0: well, it's off Fonzo Davies, so he can. Yeah, like, but this enough. might be but, a record. This might be a record for a amount of weeks where he hasn't broken his own record. Yeah, I <laughs> wish.
1: You know this Davies discussion that we're having. I wish that we hadn't sold Omar Richards. To Leeds because, like, yeah, he went to Leeds, right? Or somewhere else. I don't know. I remember. But we, I wish we hadn't sold Omar Richards simply because, like, with Lucas Anandas out, our plan for resting Alfonso davis has gone completely out the window. And the thing is that I know that Nilesman can theoretically use Stanisic at the left back position and still expect to, like, maybe win. But Stanisic is not, uh, mainly a left back he is mainly a right back and he's only being used at left back because we don't have any other options as a Fonzie backup because Lucas has been injured for so long Fonzie I am concerned about him because with his work rate and the amount of sprints he does every single game and the number of full 90s he tends to play he is pretty much the perfect candidate for a future hamstring injury and I hope that he gets rested against Inter Milan I don't even care like if we rest him against Inter and we get a disappointing result. I will understand because Fonzi got rested, and Fonzi is one of the linchpins of our entire system. But like he has to be like we can't keep playing this close to the sun with Fonzi any longer. And it's all it's all up to Nagelsmann because the thing is that these players they there are predictive measures to find out how much fatigue a player is experiencing. Like if you recall, we started this. Back in Kovacs bit that they were doing regular blood tests and sampling and all that stuff for the players to find out what their fatigue levels are. And based on that, to take decisions about the starting 11. And I hope that based on those metrics, Davies will be either played or rested. But I'm not the coach. I don't have access to those things. Just from an outsider's perspective, in my opinion, Davies should be rested. But I don't think he will be. I think Novelton will play him and try to give other positions the benefit of rotation. Because... There is one more trade-off if you don't play Davies. If you don't play Davies, then you can't play both Gravenberg and Tell, in my opinion, because you need one more senior player in the side to offset the loss of Alphonse Davies because you're bringing Stanisic in. So that's also an opportunity cost of rotation that we don't often talk about. Like if you rotate one player, you can't rotate all of them.
0: That's very true. Would you not consider Stanisic as a veteran Bayern player at this point? After what, uh, absolutely two seasons? Uh, not definitely. Seasons?
1: He's he's been here a while, but he's not established himself. And on, on honesty, like his career is going backwards because last season I thought that he was probably our second best right back after Nikola Zulov. And this he season started he started the is...
0: season very well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then now this season, he is our third choice right back. Almost never plays. Um, I'm 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 actually feeling for the guy because I think he needs to leave Bayern to really kickstart his career again because it is like his situation is not good. He's not going to get any minutes at his preferred position. And I think he's pretty intelligent. He's a good guy. He might find success in the Bundesliga elsewhere. And it
0: is, it's all just because he doesn't have as much silverware as uh, Alvaro or
1: I mean, he's Alvaro, it's completely like he completely sucked, but like <laughs> he's the king of the king of just going to places and collecting. Yeah, I mean, without having to do anything, he, just, he just, <laughs> winning five titles in a single season is quite an achievement. <laughs> <laughs> Setting two, record, two league titles, Champions League, DFB Pokal. I don't know, two two titles plus a German like a treble. Yeah, How plus a that. treble. Yeah, so. So I, I want to ask you, since uh-huh. this, is, this is a preview of the Inter game, what is your expected scoreline?
0: I uh, So as I talked about last week, being with um, Schnitzel being the glass half-full type of guy, I, I agree, and obviously we have the evidence that Nogsman has said there's going to be three to four rotations. Um, I'm fully confident whether it's going to be Gravenberg, Sabitzer, uh, Tell, or you know um, whoever it's going to be coming off, Mane, choupo but I agree. I'd love to see Zane back out there, whether it's for, for you know 45 minutes, 50 minutes, 60 minutes, and maybe Stanisic, but I do agree with you. I do feel like uh, Davies is going to be out there. With that said, even with the rotations, I feel like we can squeak. Maybe not a clean sheet if we're going to make defensive changes. And obviously, we gave up two goals to Mainz when having to tweak our defense after uh, De Ligt went went off, but... I would say we could we could squeak away with a a two one or a three to one. I know that's a very common predictor, but giving a little bit of the benefit of the doubt to the attacking players and the rotations mixed with the veteran players that will be out there combined with what might be rotated midfield and defense. And obviously, Ulrich, I got to give him a shout out. I feel like he's been standing very firm, but he did make a stupid mistake yesterday with a really poor back pass uh, that led to a good chance for Mainz. And yeah, uh, maybe not a clean sheet tomorrow. So two or not tomorrow, sorry. Um, Tuesday, so either 2-1 uh, or 3-1. Uh, would your prediction be somewhere not, along those lines? I'm not lines doing or? a prediction. You don't do that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Do you,
1: w- when, you, uh, when you do predictions, do they just go terribly wrong? I mean, like sometimes I predict a win and then it's a loss, and sometimes when I predict a loss, it's also a loss. So what's the point?
0: So you just predict. How about this? You predict there will be a match of football between FC Bayern München and Internationale. After, the, the, pan- after the
1: pandemic, I'm not even going to predict that. Like anything <laughs> can happen. Come on. Let's okay, not, okay. let's not, let's not, let's not tempt fate, please. There will be. Well, okay. So there may or may not be
0: a Champions League match between FC Bayern München and Internationale. And if it does take place, I'm predicting 2-1 or 3-1 for FC Bayern München. But with that said, folks, I think this is a very, very good place to wrap up the pod. We've We've talked about a lot gone through injuries, rotations, how Julian Nagelsmann does and doesn't use them, and we've looked ahead to Inter Milan, which is, as a reminder, the last Champions League group stage match before the knockouts begin, uh, which will take place after the World Cup, so we will soon know uh, after that who we will be facing in the knockout stages, but as always, thank you all again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the flagship show. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you do use to listen to your podcasts and Bavarian podcast works. Uh, and until next time, which will probably be uh, a recap of that last group stage match against Inter Milan, thanks again and Auf Wiedersehen.